hello and welcome. This is the not so long awaited this time long lay podcast. I am not Dougie. Dougie is filming cricket. Um, the trouble with having a podcast with Dougie during the Cricket World Cup is he's spending a lot of time filming the Cricket World Cup. The problem um, with with having Dougie on any podcast is the fact that he's usually gallivanting around filming something and tends not to be available quite a lot of the time. You say problem, you might say opportunity. You know, this this is probably going to be better. We'll, we'll, we'll let you decide. <laughs> um, well, it's just the two of us, Adam and Russ, with you. Um, yeah, we'll see how we go. We're just going to chat a bit of a bit of cricket about about the World Cup. We should probably mention it. Um, England stuttered a bit, but we're we're in the semi-finals. It looks like, well, it, barring some sort of mathematical nonsense with Pakistan and Bangladesh, it's going to be India, Australia, England, and New Zealand in the semi-finals. We'll probably play India. Yep. How do you feel? Um, it's difficult because I'd rather. I'd probably rather play New Zealand based on the other day because they are yes. in all they are in all sorts of bother at the moment. They don't know whether they're coming or going. Um and I think the Aussies will be pretty happy considering they're playing uh who are they playing at Old Trafford? They're playing maybe. And then they've got a best part of a week off and the semi final for them is at Old Trafford. So they can assuming, just assuming they don't lose to South Africa. That that is a possibility. And South Africa aren't a bad side, let's be honest. But I, I can't see them. I can't see them losing South Africa. Um, but if I look at the table, the table's got Australia on fourteen, India on thirteen. So an India victory against uh, Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka, which is almost inevitable. Really, we'll see them on fifteen. Australia will probably beat New Zealand, and we are as we are. Um, India at Edg- Edgbaston, it's anyone's game, isn't it? And judging by you know England's past performances in most sports, uh, perennial semi-final chokers, um, <laughs> you know, I could see us, I could see us not getting over the line, unfortunately. But you know, it's no disgrace going out of a World Cup semi-final to India. That's true. I mean, it we probably would be favourites, I would say, just about. Yeah. Just to, I would say on, shade home it. soil. Um, we've been yeah, you, you, you say home soil. You say home soil. Did you hear the crowd at Edgebaston on Sunday? It was a well, joke. No, that's true. That it was partisan. It was almost partisan. Mm. But I, th- I think sometimes the numbers can be skewed by just just by the way that the way that the supporters are. Like a lot a lot of Indian fans. So it's not not just Indian fans. Other parts of the world. They'll cheer every single run like it's like someone scored a hat trick in the World Cup final, uh, yeah. and, and we'll just politely applaud. I was listening to um, TMS because I couldn't watch the game on Sunday, so I was listening to a lot of it on TMS, and uh, you could obviously hear what was happening before the commentary team had described <laughs> it. So when when India were batting in the second innings and they were they were on the chase, you could tell when the ball was going to the boundary because the roar going up yeah. around Edgebaston was the first thing you'd hear as soon as the ball came off the bat before Aggers or Vaughney or, you know, Daggers even said anything. Yeah, I guess the players are used to that, though. I mean, we've had some some 
bilateral series in England will be a bit like that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. That doesn't worry me. It just seems a bit odd. No, and I, in actual fact, I think it could almost work in our favour because if there is a largely Indian based noise contingent in the crowd very quickly you can you can quieten them down like Roy and Bairstow did in that 170 odd opening partnership if you can quieten that Indian crowd down you know that could start to play on the Indians mind I mean if we'd caught if Root had caught Sharma on six during the chase which he should have done it's 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 a completely different game and they're not even getting to 300 which yeah. is what they I mean what are they chasing three three seven three three eight and they're not even getting to 300 if we get Sharma out. I mean, I, I think if we win the toss and bat, something, well, yes, yes, the way we play, things can go wrong. I get that. Um, but if we put another 300 runs on the board, I'm backing us. If we don't win the toss and we're, we're chasing that kind of score, I don't know. I don't, don't fancy it. Well, the World Cup hasn't been favourable to teams on the chase either, is it, so far? I mean... It's it's almost like the World Cup isn't the same as a bilateral one day international series, and there's pressure. Like I I, I know, well, we we said this last time, or I said this last time, that Owen Morgan seems to like a chase. Like we've done, we've knocked off three fifty with our eyes shut almost in recent series. But there's no, there isn't that pressure of the runs on the board and what might happen if you you lose a couple of wickets. You know what you're going to do? You're going to lose the fourth ODI against New Zealand in a, in a home series. Um, this well, yeah, different. when you're already 2-0 up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, knockout format, um, you, you want those runs on the board. And luckily, they seem to realise that. It yeah. took the Sri Lanka chase and then, then the Australia game. And we've got no hang on. Unless, unless it's suddenly it's, it's a green top and there's a, a load of cloud cover. We want to be batting first. Well, we had that at Lords and we didn't bowl to it. Well, yeah. It didn't. Um, it didn't even work then, did but, it? Uh, no, but I think that you know, throughout the World Cup, and and, and to a certain extent, our bowling has been um, our weaker suit in ODI cricket over the last three or four years. If you compare it to the batting, you would back the batting over the bowling. Um, ironically, during this World Cup, I think our bowling, other than that first fifteen overs at Lords, where if you could argue we could have got a couple more, a couple of wickets. You know, Finch and Warner rode their luck a little bit, and on another day we could have had. I, I think we that session we were just a bit unlucky, and that I think we bowled a little. Just... I thought I thought we bowled a little bit too short, personally. But you know that is a kind of a, a stock popular opinion. Um, I know, but I think we were unlucky in that first ten overs or first fifteen overs. Um, but I think our bowling has been really, really good throughout this tournament. I think the, you know, the option of of Wood and Archer, who have both had their moments, but have both sort of been carted a little bit when, you know, but not too e- badly. E- either they picked or. up wickets, so it, I I don't mind that. Yeah, and um, and the biggest thing for England is is bringing Liam Plunkett back in. I think the way he bowls in those middle overs is right up there with the best in the world. Yeah, and he's he's on he's on fire as well. I totally agree. I think oh, going back to that Australia game, look at the way the bowlers pulled them back. You know, they should they should have got three fifty in that game. Instead, it was what two eighty odd. Yeah, you know, it's it's 
it's the batsman's fault. We we lost that game. Obviously, same with same with the Sri Lanka game. Um, you know, they've they've done the job, and I don't think you know they both chases in the last two games, India and New Zealand wickets when we needed them. You know, India yeah. were going well at one point. You know, that second wicket partnership, but we picked up wickets when we needed to peg them back. They neither team really looked like chasing us down. In no. fact, and other. Other issues we could come on to about the mentality of those two chases where it became apparent that net run rates was more important than actually trying to win the match. Yeah, that's something they've talked about a lot on TMS, isn't it, over the last few weeks or last week or so is around yeah. net run rate and you know the actual ins and outs and nuances of it. And like you say, calculating it over a full 50 overs rather than getting bowled out in... You know, they get bowled out for a hundred and whatever in twenty-five overs isn't going to do your net run rate any good. If you if you don't get a lot of runs, but you don't get bowled out in fifty overs, you're going to be doing okay. Yeah. And it's you know, I mean, watching I mean, Doni or listening to Doni at the end of that game on Sunday was just it was embarrassing almost. He copped a load of flack, and I I had a couple of Twitter discussions about this. Uh, the, some people saying, well, you know, they're professional sportsmen. They're not going to deliberately lose a match. I said, well, did you see Dhoni milk those singles when they needed three runs a ball? Um, I, I just think that, yeah, there, there was also the, the whisper of, well, India didn't want Pakistan in the, in the semifinals, but I don't, I don't buy that. I just think they, they decided once they weren't going to win the match or they thought it was likely they weren't going to win the match, um, that they had a target in mind to get to that wasn't yeah. that wasn't the the target we'd set them, and much more obviously in the the New Zealand game, um, well, where they, they they were even further away. But yeah, but they the benefit they benefit they're benefiting from that absolute sort of uh, demolition of a couple of teams early in the tournament, aren't they? They who did they smash early in the tournament? New Zealand was it? Was it the West Indies? No, they, the West Indies was a narrow victory. They they beat somebody. Uh, Pakistan. No, the West Indies beat the Pakistan, didn't they? Somebody, and that's what's costing Pakistan. They've not been able to recover that net run rate from that defeat against um, the West Indies. But New Zealand beat somebody really early in the tournament, and they they absolutely mauled them. And uh, well, as, they, as England did with um, Afghanistan, yeah. uh, abs- absolutely spanked them. It makes it makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, England have played, been playing knockout cricket, haven't they, for the last two two games? The pressure has really been on them, and they've come up trumps. So that's got to be positive heading into the semi-finals. They've they've almost had their slump, and they're coming out the other side of it. In typical England fashion, they could have breezed through the group stage and then pulled out a slump in the you know in the semi-final. So that's, that's it's a good positive. point. Yeah, if. So rather rather than sort of win the first six games and then not really try in the last couple, like like India, Australia have been able to do, um, that would that would have meant we'd have less practice at those pressure situations. So yeah, yeah it probably maybe it bodes well. I hope so. I mean, this England team, when you see what they've achieved, well, when you see the what they've been able to do over the last three or four years. They, in actual fact, they haven't achieved anything. Um, 
other than a few series victories, they've got some higher scores. Great. But they'll be judged on the semi-final in the ICC Champions Trophy two years ago and what happens on Wednesday next week at Edgebaston. Yeah. That ultimately that'll be what happens. And it doesn't you know, that for getting four hundred and eighty last year in a meaningless ODI won't count for anything if no, we don't absolutely. we don't beat India. It's I don't I don't think there's really a way around it with the cricket schedule. Like a, a an ODI series won't ever have the enormity or importance that a test match series does and nor nor should it but there's something special about a world cup you know i know i know dougie doesn't like 50 over cricket i still think it has its place and this this tournament is important it is special it is and and actually it's it's pulled out a lot more interesting games than i thought there there would be you know, there haven't there haven't been too many arsons of there. That every game has had a little bit of something about it, pretty much. I mean, even yeah, you know, Afghanistan have not not got the victory. I thought they they may have nicked from somewhere, but they've they've always looked close. Yeah, you know, they're, maybe, they're not maybe far just away. Can't get over the line, but you know, Bangladesh have played well. Um, West West Indies, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, even though they're they're not going to go through to semi-finals. They've looked good in patches. Yeah, I tell you, haven't looked very good. Is is South Africa, and yeah, that's, that's probably that's the biggest one. biggest shock for me. I mean, you look at their you look at their squad, and you look at the sides they've been putting out. Um, you know, Decock, Amla, Duplessis. Their side just looks. It looks like they've been picking quite a sort of an unbalanced side. I mean, they lost to Bangladesh in, you know, they're Decock, Markram, Duplessis, uh, Miller, Van der Dus and Dumini, Fulokeo, Morris, Rabada, Tahir, um, and Gidi. Now, obviously, there was no um, Amler in that side, but there's been times where, where Miller's not played, and Miller is the the Glenn Maxwell of that South Africa side, isn't he? He can he can absolutely can... do damage. He but he but they 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 don't seem to be playing him in a role which frees himself up to do that. You know, Decock and Amler can get them off to a, a solid start. Decock can go, you know, can fly off, and Amler can steady the ship. You've got Duplessis. You know, David Miller should be batting anywhere from four to six, depending on the situation, a bit like England have done with Butler, Australia, Maxwell, similarly. Yeah, I, I wonder if the elephant in the, the South African room is going to be the man that isn't there, the man that retired, A.B. de Villiers, who then he, he stupidly came out, well, not stupidly, said not long before the World Cup that he'd happily unretire, and I think they politely told him where to go, but yeah, they could have done with him. That's for the best, though, isn't it? That was, I think you know you can't you can't but pick yes, if, if they'd done well. Yeah, you know, if South Africa were in the semi-finals, it would be forgotten. But that's but they, they're not going to look at that. He's he's not played any fifty-over cricket. Not that you know someone like De Villiers would do anything differently. But he's he, you know he's been out of cricket for a little while. I mean, he played IPL, didn't he? I think. But other than that, he's just you know you can't just waltz into a World Cup squad and just start tearing it up. I know he's AB De Villiers, but. I think he might have done, <laughs> but yeah. it's also that experience. You said Ambler wasn't in the the, the side the, that you read out just then. Um, yeah, 
But yeah, Decock, Duplessis, you know, but the the Markrams and Millers of this world don't have those that massive amount of caps. No. No, they're lacking a bit of experience. Whereas, you know, their bowlers, Rabada, Tahir, can do all sorts of things. Um, say Umgidi, Fuluakeo. I can't even say. I don't know why I keep choosing to say that. <laughs> it's, is it, it's like a... <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. A flemmy, it's a Flemmy Lequeo, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> really get it down there. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been dis- very disappointed by by South Africa. Uh, you mentioned Afghanistan there. You know, I was expecting them to sneak a victory somewhere. Um, There's a load of stuff going on behind the scenes with them. Like <laughs> they they sent home their wicketkeeper, didn't they? Is it Shazad? They sent him home saying he was injured, and it was all a bit. Yeah, so Phil Simmons is their coach, isn't he? And he's he's leaving under a cloud. Not that I, it's necessarily anything he's done wrong. I can't but, imagine he'd be the the best person to cross either, Phil Simmons. No, I think uh, any any disagreement I would have with Phil, I'd come round to the, the view that Phil was right, I would say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, there's a developing nation like that in the, in the cricket world. Um, you know, they've just, with Ireland, just been given test cricket status and you get a load of behind-the-scenes infighting. It's hard enough as it is, surely. Yeah, you think just pull together and and crack on. Um, and they've clearly got a lot of talent, though. Yeah, I mean, um, what's his name? What's the spinner's name? Rashad Khan, Rashid Khan. Yeah. Is, but he's been. I mean, Owen Morgan, Owen Morgan took him to the to the cleaners, and he went for. He got a turn up, I think, against England. But you know, T Twenty specialist is is very very dangerous, and maybe that's where they're. You know where their more dangerous positions are going to lie in in the in the T Twenty format because they've got they say they've got some dangerous players Zadran, Russia Khan. T Twenty, it's easier to get an upset. Well, you don't you don't have to be streaky for quite so long. I mean that's that's where they've fallen short. I mean even the run chase today at one stage they're sort of hundred and eighty for two chasing three hundred two wickets and then over killed them didn't it? Yeah, you never think they're. Yeah, you think that's around the corner any time. But in, in a T20 game, you just need a couple of overs to go your way and you've not you've not got that worry. But it's always that bit too long, maybe 50 overs. We we touched upon, you know, we can mention um, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, uh, Bangladesh, who have all probably performed as well as we would thought that they would have performed coming into the tournament. Yeah, I, I might have expected. A, oh, I was going to say maybe expected a bit more from Pakistan, but they've just never been consistent at, the, at any stage, and that that's always going to let them down. Sri Lanka probably did a bit more than I'd expected because I wasn't expecting much from them at all. Just lost lost too many players to retirement in recent years. Um, you know, Angelo Matthews is just about their their lone bit of experience now um then you've got i suppose and malinga i guess but he's he's running out of pace and bangladesh are they uh one or two days going their way they could be in the semis yeah i mean bangladesh are almost a, a bit of a victim of um mortazar aren't they you know he is 
Well, they don't. They don't have the fast bowlers, do they? That's the. No. That's always going to be their issue. And poor know, old, poor old Mortazar looks like he's been oh. taking all sorts of painkillers and strapping himself up for uh, for all sorts of different reasons, like limping around the field and still bowling five, six, seven overs a game. Like he he visibly slows down during an over. <laughs> like he's yeah, the first couple of deliveries he's 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 sort of nearly 80 you know yeah. as, a, as an aging seaman might be and then he's by the end of the over he's right down yeah you know start with a slower ball yeah maybe conserve a bit of energy build up through the over but you see is him with the bat a couple of nights ago like he he came in a bit of a bit of a lost cause against against india smoted the first ball for six and then yeah. Caught behind, he got like a, a real thick edge, didn't he? Or you know, yeah. and it sort of looped up to Donny. Um, I did want to to talk about. I know you're you're sort of hosting this, and I don't want to take over, but I did want to talk a little bit about New Zealand. And we talked about England having their dip and then coming into the semi-finals in some confidence. Um, New Zealand, on the other hand, enter the semi-final in a little bit of disarray, almost limping into the semi-finals after their last couple of defeats. I mean, 86 runs against Australia. And then what was it the other day? It was quite a bit more than that the other day, wasn't it? 119 runs the other day. They scored 157 against Australia and 186 against England. I don't... It seems to be... I was listening to Jeremy Coney on the the Toughers and Vaughan podcast, and he was quite down on New Zealand. Yeah, he's you know almost in all in all departments they're struggling and it's doom and gloom and they're they've limped into the into the semi-finals but they're in the semi-finals they've they've won some games to to get there um and they've they've they look good to start with i fancied them to start with i just think all all it take with them is you know suddenly if guptill gets a hundred at the top well, and they've they've got the bowlers that can. This this is where I want to. This is the kind of direction. I'm glad you mentioned Guptill because the, the kind of direction I wanted to take it. Now, they've had a couple of different opening partnerships. Henry Nichols has played a couple of times and scored almost minus runs. <laughs> um, uh, who's the other one? Munro. He might do better if he actually reviewed something that was going way over the top of the stumps. Yeah, uh, Colin, Colin Munro's played a couple of times and he's not scored runs. And I think the issue for Martin Guptill is he is the the Jason Roy of New Zealand. He is the the hitter. He's the guy that needs to be going out and hitting the runs from the off. Whereas I think he's seeing his opening partner go early and he's going to compare this head. to Vince coming in for, well, for Roy's or, injury. And... Almost because I just don't yeah. think, I don't think, you know, if let's say Williamson opened rather than batting three for New Zealand and Guptill had license to go and play his natural aggressive game, knowing that Kane Williamson is going to sit and rotate the strike and do, you know, all the things that Kane Williamson does, you know, as one of the best players in the world. But New Zealand's opening partnership, I think Coney rattled off some stats on TMS the other day, and it was like their highest opening partnership of the uh, of the uh, World Cup was the one 
against uh, Sri Lanka, which is where they chased down 137 for no wicket in like 16 overs. But other than that, they've had like no opening partnerships whatsoever. Like 10s and 20s. And and that with that in mind, you're not going to... And England proved you're not going to go very far or you're not going to win many matches when your opening partnerships are getting less than 20 runs. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's difficult to to know how much of that is on Guptill. You know, if, if he, if he cares what's going on at the other end, that sounds, that sounds strange, but you know, he, he can still bat how he likes. Um, yeah. Back to, back to comparing it to when Vince came in for England, it suddenly, suddenly Bairstow couldn't buy a run. Yeah, sure. You know, he, al- he almost, almost as if it's, Oh, I don't, I don't trust the guy down the other end to, to do anything. Suddenly there's a whole heap of pressure on me. Suddenly Jason Roy comes back. It's back to back hundreds. Oh, everything, everything's fine. Uh, yeah. Maybe Guptill's stuck in that, that sort of rut. And he's looking at, well, it's, it's going to be me with Williamson, Ross Taylor, you know, because does he um, mate down the other end's just going to get out cheaply and you, and if he's not playing the way he normally does, because he hasn't been, Maybe that weighs on his mind. You should. It's it's a straight. It's all. Everything's in the head, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of if. There's a lot of ifs and buts going on, but you know, I just, I just worry that you know, unfortunately, and I hate to say this, but the Australians have looked the best side all round. I think the the bolt their attack of. Um, Stark and Cummins frightens teams to death. I mean, that delivery that Stark gave Ben Stokes when we had a glimmer of hope and the Yorker started probably half a foot outside off stump and tailed in and Stokes just like, you could see he was visibly like, what the fuck can I do about that? I can't do do anything about it. And that, that attack, you know, they are, they are very skillful and, they have got, you know, I just think they've probably got the best all, no, the best all-round team is probably wrong. England are very, very similar, but they're the team, Australia are the team in form, but they're yet to have a bit of a dip. And I don't think they've chased many totals yet. Yeah, maybe it's time for their dip. There you go. Exactly, exactly. And and that's the positive, isn't it? You know, <laughs> usually during a, a 10-game tournament, or an eleven-game tournament, like it is, you know, Australia haven't had that implosion, that bad performance, and you can't. And and the format of this tournament is as such that it allows for those bad performances. They've like lost the game. The Did they lose to India? They lost, they lost to India, lost, yeah. yeah. But, so, but it wasn't necessarily a, a really bad performance against India. No. I mean, India played very well that day, but um, I think India got like three, maybe got three fifty-ish. And uh, on Australia, uh, let me just find it. I'm going to find it. Um, it was on a Sunday, 3:52, and Australia got 3:16. You know, I think That's they mis- yeah. they misjudged the- they misjudged the chase a little bit with regards to how they um, how they paced it. I mean, Warner had 56 off of 84. When you're chasing 3:50, you know you're going to struggle. It's they always do this. Like you, oh, well, has there ever been a World Cup in our lifetime where they haven't been the favourites or close or close to the fav- being the favourites? 
Uh, th- this was this was the time they were in disarray, or it should have been, with everything <laughs> everything that happened a year ago. Yeah, you'd, but they've galvanised. Yeah, they they well, just I think you you look at you look at their coaches, Justin Langer. I yeah. don't. I mean, is there anybody who's ever played the game that's more hard nosed than him? Yeah, and that 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 will. You know, he's he was a great player, but he's he was born to be a coach. Yeah, you know, he, absolutely. He's doing he's doing some in, incredible things. They they will be. Well, it's they, you know the the team spirit of the Australians, um, arguably mis misused a year or so ago. But yeah, they've they've always been tight. Yeah, I mean um, they've, and, they they've discovered they've discovered someone in Carey as well, haven't they? He's he's a very very good player as a keeper batsman down the order. Scored some really really vital runs. I mean he got that. 30 odd against England which essentially got them got them over the line which got them that extra 30 odd runs and took them up to 280 it's a shame that they're not trying you know giving Tim Payne a go really isn't it it really is I bring back Tim Payne that's all <laughs> I, that's all I can say that's all um, I can say I'm trying to think of another example the trouble is that not not too many med- mediocre players go through their ranks Andrew McDonald not that he was a keeper but do you remember him I do yeah and as Bob Willis would call him Ronald McDonald. <laughs> they they did have like a, a year or two of being quite mediocre, like around around the time we won the Ashes down there. Yeah. And yeah, all the all the greats had retired and they didn't hadn't quite bounced back and they they Well they were chopping last. and changing, weren't they? They were bringing people in, they were shoving people out. They had the likes of um yeah, they they were playing Marcus North as and as a, a Mark and Nathan Horitz, Xavier Doherty. Xavier Doherty. He was like he was like the Australian version of Simon Kerrigan, wasn't he? But he just got a few. <laughs> he got a few more caps. Um, oh, and they Kerrigan. they picked they picked you know their their bowlers. It was kind of it was after Warner McGrath, but before you know, the real pace came back with Stark and Cummins and Padsinson was just coming through, but he was always injured. Mitch Johnson was, you know, he bowls to the left, he bowls to the right. <laughs> no, that 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 ten eleven series will be will go down as one of my all time favourite sporting moments on my on my deathbed. I think that that ten eleven series, I'll remember that for a long, long time. That's one of those that I've got the D V D box set for. I'd be surprised if you if he's going to say you don't. No, I don't. No, I'm not a big DVD box set person. You, you must honest. have the 2005 one. If you... I, I I used to have the 2005 one on VHS. What VHS? Had a VHS? No, did I? Yeah, I did. Isn't because because ago? well, 2005 it, DVDs were around, but you could still. Re- yeah. still record and i and i spent a lot of time recording stuff i didn't have any uh, official merchandise but i had a oh, lot so of like stuff self 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 taped oh. stuff off the telly yeah because i was well, at the time i was in the RAF and i had one of those tv vhs combos for uh you know as you know to play vhs yeah. it's it's not that long ago that i got rid of all my vhs videos because i bought at some point the machine packed up and then I bought one off eBay and it didn't really work. And it just got to the point when there was like stuff like 
Blackadder and all this sort of stuff that I had on VHS. I, I had I'm Alan Partridge, both series on VHS. As as did I, but then you think, okay, I could just buy these things on DVD. And now we the, just download them. Now we don't even need physical, yeah. you know, evidence of it. They'll sit on the shelf, but then you'll you'll download to off Netflix or your Skybox to watch. But yeah, two thousand five. I've got all the the newspapers from the day after we did it in the loft. Every I bought every single newspaper that morning. Just to think that was fifth, well, fourteen years ago. Just. It's insane. It's it's weird looking back. Like it's the most talked about series ever. Um, but maybe it was sounds a weird thing to say now. But maybe it was too good. Like there was no like that. It, it had everything, didn't it? it and you can't you can't get back to that. No. No, no series will ever come close. You know, from Harmison hitting Ponting on that first morning to, you know, bowling Australia out and everyone thinking, wow, you know, this, this Australian batting line, that they are fallible. You know, we can, we can get to them. And then, obviously, we imploded it, Lords, and it all went wrong. And then we're like, oh, well, normal services resumed. And it just, it just got better and better and better. From there and like like i say you know every single duck was in line like they they were still the great team playing pretty much as well as they can they just oh, maybe they were just 95 percent and we were 100 in the end i don't know but they were they were they were clearly still better than us absolutely it was it was the the characters in that team as well i mean vaughney obviously led them superbly and he's talked you know about and i know freddie's talked about you know not everybody was mates in the dressing room but on the field they were they were a team and they got it done i mean ashley giles how ashley giles did some of the things he did in that (laughs) series i'll never know right because he wasn't the world's best spinner that's i think that's probably an understatement but he was steady you know he wasn't bad i'm not putting him down he wasn't bad um but you know hoggard harmus and flintoff jones now, that one series for Simon Jones alone, you know, it, almost the redemption for well, it, was, uh, it was the end of him, sadly. Yeah, you know, it was. But, yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, just the everything, everything that could have well, after after that first game, it just everything that could have gone right, sort of. Did, well, not everything. Otherwise, it would have been more comfortable, and it wouldn't have been as exciting, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. But that, I mean, this leads us on to a bit of a bit of a nice segue, that little wander down memory lane, doesn't it? <laughs> Talking about the best opening batsman that's, you know, probably one the, of the, the best. The guy batsmen. we didn't mention. Um, well, the, yeah, well, the, the only guy we haven't mentioned in that little sequence. So 2005, uh, he made his, so Marcus Truscothic, obviously we're, we're talking about here. He made his test debut in without having it in front of me, I'm going to say around 2000. August 2000, August 2000. Um, His last test would have been 2006. Uh, yes, Pakistan. So he he went on the plane to Australia after that, but then then was home before the first test, and we all, we all know what happened there. Um, so his test career was six years. He's still playing county cricket now. Or he's so... 
just announced his retirement 30, 13 years after playing his last test. Um, how, how you can have the motivation to keep doing that is one thing. He made his county cricket debut in 1993. <sighs> That's incredible. 20, 26 years. It's just insane. And, uh, you know, I've watched clips and obviously being a Somerset fan, I've watched clips of Triscothic over the last two or three years where, you know, he spent a lot of time at injury, but when he has played, you can see him kind of hobbling down the wicket, not running many singles, still scoring runs, probably not as many over the last 18 months that, that he'd have liked. Fielding it slip on his knees to Jack <laughs> Leach on down at Ciderabad. Um It just you know, belies belief. And the messages that have come out since his retirement, and we talk about this a lot, you know, where people retire and then everyone comes out of the woodwork to say what a, what a great player they were or what a great bloke they were. But, you know, you can tell with Marcus Triscothic that everyone genuinely believes it. They genuinely say what a great bloke he is and genuinely, you know, he is one of the best English test batsmen to have, to have ever played. I can't disagree with any of that and why oh, I don't think anybody would if if his career if it just carried on you know he didn't have the the mental health issues he would be one of the, the goats oh yeah. I hate that I hate that word a little bit actually so one of the greatest players to have to have ever played the game and he still he still is but but it's it's probably not fair to to judge him because his career at the top level didn't last as long as some because when he was there for those six years, he was golden. Yeah. 76 tests, just shy of 6,000 runs at 43, just shy of 44. Um, people, people knock English batsmen for not averaging 50, but they play in more difficult conditions. Yeah. And you know, uh, it's the, the way he, the way he would dominate games though. Yeah. Um, 1400s, 2950s with a top score of 219. 300 test balls bowled, single test wicket. Who was his test wicket? That's a good question. Oh, I, oh. I know it's somebody, it's somebody big. I know that much. It's, it's somebody, uh, I'm going to find it. It's someone for Pakistan, I'm going to say. Uh, um, you uh, you can look. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look find, that one up. I'm gonna look at. I, 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 I want to say it's someone like Sashin. It's someone I think is is a very, um, a very famous player, and I should know this. I was going um, with Inzi or someone like that, but I'm, I could be barking completely up the wrong tree. Um, uh, that's a that's a, a quiz we'll have one day on the players that. A single test. Ever took. Yeah. David Gower is another. Who did he take? Come on. Oh, come on. I've got it here on video. I almost want to play it. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is great, great, great podcast. podcast. Yeah. Oh, music. Music to go with it. I want there to be. Too much enthusiasm in the Pakistani dressing room. 
Imran Nazir. I was completely wrong. Oh, okay, I was. I got. The, I got the team right. I'm happy with you, that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't bad. Well, he didn't play that many times for Pakistan, did he? Imran Nazir, uh, as opposed to me um, comparing him to Sashin or you know Inzi. But either way, one test, one test wicket for for Marcus Driscothic. But yes, that could be the next um, famous single test wickets. I know when he, f- he first burst into the side, he opened a batting with Atherton. And uh, that, was the, that was the other thing. The era he came in, you know, the expectations were totally different. Um, and England was shit. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's and it was a... sort of the emergence of England is when he came into the side. You know, it's under Hussein's captaincy and Duncan yeah. Fletcher and everything. And we'd... Well, it was, it was, it, the, it was it, in and around that re- revolving door. <laughs> batting lineup policy wasn't it that you know you had you literally had one or two games and then you were gone we had all sorts of people coming in and out and I mean, Athers went through it a bit like Alistair Cook has more recently where he seemed to have a different opening partner every, every series you know, like, yeah. like sort of Darren Maddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah Mark well. Lathwell um yeah, I, 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 I could tell you, Mike Atherton's two test wickets, Dilip Vengsaka and Wazzy Macram. Well, yeah, that, that's locked away in there. But Trez, I'm sorry, I didn't didn't know yours. Well played, well played. Um, but yeah, Marcus Truscovic, what a guy. Um, I once played against his brother and his dad, ironically, um, who both used to play for Kentsham Cricket Club in uh, North Bristol when I was playing for Kongsbury. And... Uh, for want of a better word, you know they they weren't they weren't the the best of sports. Let's put it that way. Very much, very much. Do you know who I am? Type people. Okay. You you see the name in the book of Triscothic, and uh, as a as a youngish, um, you know, up and coming young man, should we say, sort of ninety eight, ninety nine, before I joined the RAF, so I was something like sixteen, seventeen, playing men's cricket as a as a young sort of middle order batsman um, <laughs> to put it, yeah, to put it loosely, I should never have been playing that level of cricket, but um, yeah, so they, uh, they didn't represent the family as you'd expect. Is that what you, well, I'm, what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, Marcus, let, let's say when people have got a famous name, they, they feel a little bit entitled sometimes. Uh-huh. We'll leave that there. <laughs> uh, Marcus himself, I can't imagine that anyone would say anything along those lines about him. Um, the one, th- yeah, he's won won the Ashes. He's seventy six tests, as you say. All those all those runs, those those hundreds, that double hundred against South Africa. Um, he doesn't have a county championship title yet. Yet, exactly. Um, I'm going to sound weird saying this because Essex are second in the table. I I want I actually think I want Somerset to win the title. So here's the thing. It's a, a bit Somerset, no lose if, if Yeah. You're... Somerset fan and having grown up in Somerset and watched a lot of Somerset cricket over the years, you know, from the seeing some unbelievable players come through the county ground, you know, Ponting and Smith and Langer to name a few. Um Cameron White came in for a bit and and played sort of T20 cricket. Chris Gale in more recent times. Um, Peter Trigo. 
He well, the tattoo Tonka, Peter Trigo. You know, he's not. He's and Somerset a, legend Andrew Strauss, of course. Don't forget. Well, yeah, Don't that single that. game. I was at that game that Andrew really? Strauss played for Somerset against India in that warm up in that warm up game, and uh, we we had, uh, I'll say, a semi funny story. But it was a it was a good day actually. We were drinking Somerset Thatcher's cider as you do. It's uh, at the county ground. They kick you out if you don't. Is that right? Yeah, that, that, yeah. It's uh, it's a staple. It comes. You get it poured for you as you walk through the gate. Um, and Sashin dropped. It might have even been Trigo, but but Sashin dropped somebody um, in the covers. And somebody, you know, we had these Indians sat in front of us, and one of the lads I was with, we said, "Oh God, bloody hell, Sashin Butterfingers!" And he went. Sashin butter chicken fingers and i was like oh my oh, sweet jesus, jesus christ <laughs> what are we doing but uh yeah a bit of casual racism at the county ground you know wow. the west coast people i've i am um, i was at the the last series that india played over here while he was still in the team i was at trent bridge for the the test there it was the day that ian bell was run out on the stroke of tea because he was walking off for tea I know, and then, yeah. and then they they reverse the decision, um, quite rightly. Um, but Sachin was fielding in front of us, and the whole the whole stand, and it was probably half of Trent Bridge joined in, were just singing "Stand Up" if you love Sachin, and he was being. It was just one of those genuinely nice moments, and he just you know, was a total gentleman and Bob actually a bit humbled. I thought. And it just came from it came from nowhere, but it was just you know, this guy is playing in his fourth decade of Test cricket, and pretty much he's behaved impeccably yeah. and been an abs- absolute legend. And it just felt like this is how a, a crowd should be at a sporting event. Yeah, yeah, it's so not. I mean, I've got a couple of of Ashes stories that I might save for for another podcast when we went to. Oh, different rules apply now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, I was at Lords when Gary Balance got his May was his maiden hundred at Lords against India. What was it against Sri Lanka? He, no, he, he scored a, he scored a, a hundred at Lords against Sri Lanka because he whacked a six into the um into the grandstand to bring up his bring up his hundred, I think. But we watched him get his second six on a bit of a green to, uh, second hundred, a bit a bit of green top against India later that summer, and. Uh, it just you you cannot you cannot fault or find any fault regardless of the result regardless of what happens a day at test cricket we were sat in the yes, comp yes. the lower compton stand and i saw dougie dougie was was on the the camera the the ground camera at the bowl is at the nursery end so filming from ground level up at the nursery end or down at the nursery end should we say yeah and I'd not seen Doug for for a long, long time, and uh, me, yeah, we sat there and we drank beer and wine all day, and then had a few beers with Doug afterwards in the in the local boozer, and just a day at Test cricket, England, India. It was just it's just magical. Yeah, that's that's not a great story, I admit, but it was just I can't you you can't put into words if you haven't ever been to any Test cricket and think, oh bloody ass, a bit boring, then. You're absolutely not. you're wrong yeah you are wrong uh, i haven't been to a well i was at england australia the other day at lords um, i haven't been to a test i haven't I, i'm being a bit harsh on myself we haven't played a test this year at home have we um 
But I was there at the Oval for Alistair Cook's final hundred. And I don't think, well, it, it's in terms of moments that you've been there in sports, I don't think much is, is going to beat that. I bet that I bet the um, I bet there was all sorts of emotions and sort of goosebumps and you know like I would like you say the I was there moment. People were shedding tears in the crowd. I mean, I may have done myself, uh, but the the standing ovation he got when it, it was a bizarre moment. See, it was a five. <laughs> there were, yes, there were it was the overthrow, wasn't there? Um, and. Yeah, I don't. So he was. Oh, he's just taking a single to go on to ninety-seven or something, and then suddenly, oh, wow, wow! And so nobody really expected it. But he got this standing ovation, and he sort of acknowledges all all four corners of the ground, or well, more than four corners, because he had to, because the ovation wasn't going to stop. And then he's, he acknowledges the balcony. And he sort of goes almost raises his back around the ground again, and then stops, and then thinks, oh, okay, I'm gonna take guard I suppose but the ovation just didn't stop I think eventually the umpire had to say to the bowler look you better just go back to your mark and bowl or or we'll be here all day yeah it just even just watching that on telly it was had a relative amount of emotion in it being in the ground the atmosphere must have been it must have been incredible yeah oh we're gonna miss him sir yeah, sir uh, Alistair Cook I had a, a well, not a similar experience, which was Eunice. It was Eunice Khan at the Oval against England, scoring a hundred, and uh, I had the, the not the. Play. He, he always scored hundreds against us. Yeah, Him I had Mohammed Yusuf as well. Yeah, it would be like those. You got to get through those two. The displeasure of of watching Stephen Finn and Chris Wokes bowl it, um, Eunice Khan for an entire day in a blazing sunshine and, you know, a few beers and all that happy days, but just, it was hard. It was hard work in the, in the OCS stand that day. <laughs> Tough. Yeah. Everything you're saying about go and spend a day at test cricket if you've never done it, but yeah, it's, it's still a cracking day. doesn't. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed, I've been at South End when Essex are playing Somerset and Somerset were about 380 for one at the end of the first day. And it's still a cracking day. Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But you did, we did, we did start this whole conversation talking about the County Championship, didn't we? Following on from Marcus Draskovic. Yeah, yeah. Um, eight, and eight well, Somerset gone. are, yeah, eight games gone. Somerset are what, 20 odd points ahead? Yeah, one, 15 points. One four two. Essex one force, uh, one two seven. Yeah, if, yeah, I'm not going to be upset if Essex win the title, but I'd, I'd love to see. It's not well, not just for Marcus, but that bullshit from Lords a couple of years ago, and that was match fixing, Middlesex. Oh, yeah, horrible. And I don't, I don't know how that is glossed over like it is. Um, Somerset were were cheated out of a title that day or those four days. Keep it. It was televised as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a way to get people into watching Test cricket. Uh, <laughs> county championship, county championship cricket, should I say? We'd forgive, it's... we'd forgive that, I guess. Um, shall we, shall we wrap it up? I mean, yeah, it's it's a minute to nine, and I know you, you've got Panorama to watch, Russ. Yes, it's uh, it's more of an Attenborough documentary, um, about people interacting with each other, 
um, in, uh, in nature, a, like in nature, islands yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's like something like Galapagos Island or something. You know, it's an interesting watch. It's all about social relationships. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and watch Love Island because I can. Fair enough. Did, um, you know, did you know? So all the people that listen to this or don't listen to this, or whatever. Did you know that Dougie once worked on a series of Love Island? I did not know that. Did you know that? Well, we'll talk about this another time. But Doug actually filmed a series, one of the earlier series of Love Island, spending you know however many weeks it was in Mallorca. Wow! I bet his tiny little head nearly exploded. <laughs> He um, and if and if you don't know, you know, obviously me and Doug have a you know bit of a love love hate relationship, or we just love to abuse each other. Um, but he was on Eddie Stevens' rugby podcast the other week. You see, because he isn't he isn't on here tonight. Nobody's called you Tubs. Well, until now, um, and and you know he he kicked off that podcast by abusing me. You know. And he ended it by by showing me some some semi semi praise, you know, not not too much. The old backhanded compliment. Yeah, you know, yeah. like so it's fine. But we do we do miss Doug. He's been at the the women's international today, which uh, I believe Australia have just won. Adam, so for your reference, if you cared at all, um, I, I do care. I, I I'm I'm a bit torn on whether to buy into this multi format thing. I get why they've done it. I'm just a purist. They uh, they just put on 50 for the, the last wicket. They had 218 for six, chasing 217. I mean, Heather Knight today, the England captain. She got, she got what? 17 from 47. Yeah. Just, just, it just doesn't work. You know, get Sammy in. Sammy Beaumont or, got 100 at a runner yeah. ball, didn't she? Get in or get out. Mm. So there you go. Anyway, we'll be back. Pretty soon, I guess after the after the World Cup semi-finals, maybe ahead of the final. Oh, are we making are we making promises we we can't keep? I'm not going to make I'm not going to make promises, but you know, hopefully our schedules will be as such that uh, that we'll be able to to do this again. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, thank you for any to anybody who listened. Get in touch. We are we are on Twitter with a sensible handle now. Yeah, you know yeah. You changed, you changed that, didn't you? Long leg podcast at long leg podcast at long leg podcast. Get in touch. We haven't really got going on there, and um, we need to follow some people and things and stuff. And but Start yeah, tweeting. let us know if you're listening, what you think. Um, let us know if you'd like to come on. Yeah, chat a bit of cricket. We're always up for more people getting involved and talking cricket and talking bollocks, which is basically what we do. So, you know, yeah. hopefully this has filled the void in your week. <laughs> what I have noticed, other than the like the TMS podcast. There are no, you know, like what well, in rugby and in American football, there are loads and loads of podcasts out there. Loads. There aren't many for cricket at all. I haven't really looked hard, if I'm honest. Um, but I believe you, obviously. But I do know there's a an Essex cricket podcast that's only started recently. I'll give it a little shout out. All the overs Essex cricket podcast. Um, well, maybe you should get yourself on there. I've not. I've. I've listened. I don't know. I don't know the people doing it. Um, it's yeah. it's it's quite a a level of geek, even for even for my taste. Uh, it's still with it well within my taste, but it's geekier than even I would go. Oh, 
interesting i'm not i'm i'm more into you know casual chat you know in the chat in the chattersphere <laughs> than, than than sort of geeky stuff but yeah each to their own right anyway let's go because uh love island's on yeah you go and watch that nature series we'll, uh, go, and, we'll catch and, you soon and what i will say is if you listen to this and you listen to tail enders I started saying go well before they did on the Wallover podcast. And that's so go well. Go well.